Hey, welcome to episode 10 of the Articulate Ox podcast. I am your host, Soma79. Thank you so much for joining me today. We have a great episode today. Um, I have on here a good friend of mine, my friend Ashley Renee, who is an abstract artist that I've been following for a few years now. And um, Ashley and I have been friends for a while. We've collabed on a couple different pieces before. And she's just a really cool person. who has got a very um, interesting perspective on things. And um, so this conversation sort of went in a uh, different direction than I expected it to. We're here talking about the film Labyrinth and how that inspired her sort of her, her take on her abstract art, which a lot of it, when you see it, you can definitely see the connections, how Labyrinth would be an inspiration there, which I thought was um, really cool. She's one of the first people, I think, on here who has picked an inspiration that is different from the genre she actually works in, so, or the media she actually works in, I mean. So, um, very interesting. And, you know, as has come up on a couple other episodes here, we get into a lot of mental health stuff. And that, to me, is one of the big reasons why I want to do this podcast, is that for a lot of artists, art is a way to express themselves, and it's a way to, obviously, art is a way to express themselves. A lot of artists, that, that's not exactly bad news, but it is a way for us to heal ourselves and a way to, to help us feel, in some ways, more complete. And Ashley's story is very, um, it's emotional, and it's it's just, it, I don't know, just you're about to hear it, so listen. So um, follow her at sunriseart21 on Instagram, and uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. This is Soma79 with the Articulate Ox Pat podcast. I can't even get my first sentence out right. This is not a good sign. My guest today is <laughs> Ashley Renee. She's an abstract artist, and we are here to talk about the film Labyrinth, which I was delighted to watch again for the first time in years. It terrified me as a child, and it excited me as an adult. So, <laughs> Ashley Renee, how are you doing today? I'm doing really great. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you I'm so happy very to have much you. for having me. Yeah, and um, we've known each other for a while. I love your art. It's um, you do a lot of abstract stuff, a lot of spirally type stuff, and um, so you, I, I've been following you for years on Instagram. And uh, I don't know, I've really been impressed with the progress you made. You've been in a few shows over the years, and um, you even started putting your art on your own body, which is really interesting. So we can talk about that in a little bit. Thank you so much. Yeah. So um, so I don't know. So you're uh. Where, where do we even begin? We begin with Labyrinth? Because I was so excited. It was funny. This is actually a very good place to begin. I, I, when I asked you, I, I'm always happy when somebody chooses a topic that's different from the different medium than they work in. Because you chose a film and you're, you're an abstract artist. And it was about 10 minutes into the film when they, when they pulled back and showed the Labyrinth. And I was like, oh, now I get it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this makes a ton of sense now. And yeah. um so so let's start there with the actual labyrinth itself, which, you know, I mean, the, the connection I just made because is that your your work sort of works in swirls and goes intricately yeah, into each other like a labyrinth does. So It's a lot of designs and swirls and it does it when you look at my art, you're not really like, oh, I know what that is. And when I was a kid, like a really young kid, I watched labyrinth all the time and it just really showed me that an abstract world like worlds are just different like the the part at the end where she's trying to find her brother and the stairs are all different wow. that's one of my favorite scenes because it just shows that stairs don't just go up and down they could be coming out of the walls <laughs> like right um but it just really showed me that I didn't I did all kinds of art when I was growing up but I just didn't really enjoy doing like portraits houses animals just scenery stuff that stuff just did not do much for me and I knew 
um I was all abstract and watching labyrinth like every day of my life and I just watched it last week and I know every word every moment every scene and I was doing art the whole time so I actually don't think I even looked up once <laughs> but in my head I saw everything it was like I was watching it in my head I was as I was doing art um but it just all of the things she has to come to the mazes you know what you think looks what normal it might not be like there might be a whole different world and you just can't see it so what you don't see I might see <laughs> so right. I really that that movie really inspired me just to think outside the box and I knew as a young child I was not I didn't think normal I thought abstract I thought just completely the right side of the brain what is there that people can't see I can see <laughs> Right. Yeah. That and that's, makes sense. Yeah. I actually, a lot of it for me is it's about seeing patterns. I think it comes with people that have ADHD where they tend to see patterns and things that other people don't see. And, and um, that's something I've always sort of can relate to too, where you start seeing these connections and, you know, yeah. and it's, it's funny too, because there's some, when I revisited Labyrinth, I, uh, I watched it last night. I had seen it when I was a real, I saw it when it came out. So I, I looked up, that was around 87, 88. So I was about maybe eight it's years old. Yeah. So oh. I saw that. Well, I saw it a bunch as a kid. And then I know I saw it as an adult a couple of times. It was probably the first time I'd ever seen David Bowie when I saw it as a kid. Um, yeah. There was definitely some parts of the movie that scared me as a kid. Um, yeah, they did. Me too. Yeah. Well, I've always kind of liked the scary, the thrill. I don't know that that's always been um, my thing. So the magic, I love magic. So anything that's not normal, I'm there. <laughs> Right. And, and this, David Bowie was like, he's my favorite. Like, it's just everything about him is just like, I see myself as him and in the girl. I kind of see myself as both a lot, especially as the girl. I feel like that's just me. I'm just, yeah. I want, I want to know. I want to find it. And I not had, so much my brother, but just there's something I'm going to, I'm going to find it. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of funny. The kid is dressed like Where's Waldo and they're looking for him through the entire movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that. I was That's like, really funny. I wonder what came first, but um, yeah, it's it's funny. I so I watched this. There's a documentary. I don't know if you've seen it called Inside the Labyrinth. It's about an hour long. I found it on YouTube last night, and it was shot during the making of it. And Jim Henson, who was always in full Kermit voice, it's like it's tough to listen to him without hearing Kermit the Frog, was talking okay. about how the movie Labyrinth. He, he directed it. He um. He said what he loves about movies is ones that sort of change your outlook on life. And that's what he thought this movie was. It was a movie that it it was you left in a better mood than you went in and you sort of felt better about the world. And I think yeah. that's for a film that did not do well when it came out. It was the last film that that Jim Henson ever directed. And he passed away oh. only a few years later. I didn't know that stuff either. It's stuff I, I just found out. Yeah. yeah. But when it came out, it didn't do very well. It when didn't did it even... come out? Um, I think 86. Yeah, 86. I, that's funny. That's the year I was born. So oh, okay. I saw I it seven. like really young, like really young, like before 10, before eight, I felt like like, but by eight or 10, I knew everything about Labyrinth. And so that was around, <laughs> I was around that age when it came out. I actually wanted to bring that up because this, this for me sits in, in a realm of films with the Dark Crystal, who a lot of the same people had worked on and with Return to Oz, which was a movie that I saw in the theater as a kid. And that movie really effed me up. Like it, that movie really creeped me out. So do they, you know, um, you know, you, I don't want to throw you, you have kids, you know, um, do you think as a mother now you would, you would want a kid to watch that? Cause it's funny. I watched it last night and I couldn't really tell, like, is Robert, this, yeah, is this, seen it. 
Okay. Yeah, they, they love it. Um, there's like there's a lot of like, did you ever watch Fraggle Fraggle Rock yes. and Muppets? Yep. I yep. love Fraggle Rock. Um, I love the Muppets, so to yeah. me, it's a lot of like those characters, and I like, um. You know, I don't like Muppets, but I like Muppets that don't look nice. Like, not your Sesame Street Muppets, but, like, to me, these kind of Muppets, like, those are, like, just really funny. But there's just so many characters. Like, when she goes through the door and it's, like, he always lies. He always tells the truth. Like, there's so many kid characters in that movie. Like, how could you not have your kid watch it? That's what I would think. Like, it's a kid movie, but it's also such an abstract, weird thinking for adults. Do they really but, make yeah, movies my, my like that anymore? Yeah, my boys have seen it. And my boys are seven and, um, seven and nine. <laughs> yeah, that was around the age I said. I mean, do they still make movies like that? I mean, do they make... Because I was trying to think of what think a modern so. equivalent would really be. Because I know... I mean, even like the eyeball thing, that puppet that comes on the wall that has all the eyeballs, that really freaked me out as a kid. For some reason, eyes really... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the... um, I was trying to think of what else it was in the movie as I watched it that kind of scared me, but... But there were other little things that I didn't... So I didn't realize that it was written by one of the guys from Monty Python, which made a lot of sense when I started... So you know the part where the guy... um, Where she's putting the lipstick on the tiles and the little... Mm -hmm. little dudes are picking it up moving it around so i had the yeah. subtitles on and i didn't realize that one of the things the guy says is your mother is an aardvark that's what he yells <laughs> he's like you can only hear i've this. seen that yeah. it's like it's not surprising but yeah <laughs> that's a very monty python joke like that's and there's a few others in the movie that are really just, that's funny yeah. i watched monty python i have an older brother i have three brothers but i have an older brother who always watched that yeah. And I was kind of like, I didn't get the joke. So I honestly want to watch that again as an adult and be like, wow. But yeah, I know like, a good I've place seen them all. Yeah. It's, I just thought it was, it's, it was funny for me to think about how what a weird combination of people to have Jim Henson, David Bowie, and one of the Monty Python guys come together yeah. and make this movie. I mean, that's like, that's uh, that's three <laughs> different breeds of white dude. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> like, and, Did uh, you like the music? Oh, I, I actually love the music. Yeah, and it was funny. So they, I, I, I remember talking to someone about Labyrinth a few years ago, and they told me they didn't think it really held up, and I was a little worried about that. They're like, "Well, the songs you remember are good, the others aren't," and I really enjoyed all of it. I thought even yeah. the even the the music without Bowie was really good. The score was. Oh excellent. yeah, I think he's a great singer, or was a great singer. Yeah. I actually have him on my YouTube, like just those songs. But we'll pull him up like while I'm driving and listen to like the soundtrack of Labyrinth. But I love the songs my my all-time favorite scene is when she bites the peach and then she goes into like the dream yeah it's like eyes wide shut it's wild i love that i've always felt like that was me like because i just love big gowns and your hair all big and jewelry and masks but she's trying to find somebody like she knows she's trying to find somebody and just the look in her eyes when she sees them i just love it it's and he does a great job singing it but it's just the but then what I love is she realizes she's got to get out of this world and then she's kind of in another world and she gets hits with all these objects. Like I have objects all over the place. So the fact that all of these things to her mean something, yes. it's like, that's another thing. Like, where's my bear? Where's this? And how she is so connected to her stuff. Um, if you look in her room on the wall, it has all the stuff in the labyrinth. Like she has a picture of all the stairs Oh yeah, the Escher picture. Yeah. Yep. And I want that picture so bad. (laughs) But if you look at her room, it's got all of this stuff. And then in the world, in the labyrinth world, it it goes into play. So I feel like with me, I have so many just 
stuff everywhere so i, I can like relate like, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so it's you're attached to your stuff and it means something so that yeah. was funny though and eventually she learns the lesson that she wants to give it all up to get her to get her um brother back you know so there it's in, in that scene where the lady is putting all the stuff on all of her stuff yes. on her one of the books is the wizard of oz i just noted which this movie i think owes a lot to i mean there's a it's it's yeah, it's a lot I of similar it. yeah it's a lot of similar elements yeah. to it um yeah, this I love was. Her too. Oh my god, and it's funny too because now we know who Jennifer Connelly is as a child. I we you know she wasn't. It's and that documentary is interesting too because they interview her as a child and they talk to her. It's like you don't know this woman. I think she won an Oscar. If she if she didn't, she was nominated. Uh, I think. A oh few wow. Times. Um, she said you might have won one for Beautiful Mind. Maybe I'm making that up. I think she was nominated, but. Um, but that's but... cool. You know all that. I only stick to actors and in, in their movie. I don't know about them in the real life. What they've learned, what they've achieved, like even their real names. Like yeah. I know her because she's such a big one and she's been around forever. I'm more like that now. Like with new people, there's new people all the time. I can't keep up with like unless yeah. you've played a superhero in like three movies. I'm not ready. To <laughs> yeah. Anymore. Like it's just. It takes. It I know takes Meryl Streep, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> There's this She's other young go-getter called Glenn Close. You should check out if you like Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so what? So you do you remember doing art around the same time when you saw this as a child? I mean, was it? Were you? Mm-hmm. Is it... I've been doing art since I was like literally born. My mom said when I was one, before I was one, I got a blue sharpie, a blue sharpie, and I colored all over myself and the walls. And I woke her up and I said, look, mommy, I'm blue. And I wasn't even one. And so I've been literally Sharpies, markers, paint, anything, anything I can get my hands on that I can see that color because I want to see color. Um, I've been doing it all my life. Yeah. So kindergarten, I still have crafts that I did in kindergarten, but I knew even in kindergarten, like, oh my God, like. There's something about these things that just drive me crazy. And it's I magic. want them. I want them. And I I I knew all throughout elementary school, I was just obsessed with it. Like there was something calling to me. And of course I did it. Um I did a lot of like what your normal art would be, like, you know, faces, animals. Like I'm on the swings with my mom, but I knew it just, it wasn't enough. Like I just wanted to just either black it out or just make something crazy. Um, When I was in school, I used to um, draw on the chalkboard and I think that's where my black and white obsession started. I really, I love colors, but black and white, if you got a black Sharpie and a white paper, you're good to go. Like you're good. But I think that started with the chalkboard because a lot of my teachers were like, just just play on the chalkboard. And I loved it. And I just went nuts. <laughs> did you have a hard time paying attention in class when you were younger? I did. I felt like I kind of had a doodle. I kind of had to have my own little thing to focus. But yeah, I did. Like, I didn't do so well in school. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't had... enjoy it, to be honest. It wasn't. Yeah. Some people love school. They could go back to high school any day, but no, no, no. It's funny. This is actually, I don't, I guess they probably didn't have it, but this week would have been my 25th year high school reunion. Wow. I don't miss a day of it. I don't miss any of college. I just, it was, it to me just felt, I was the same way. I was very distracted and I was super distracted in class and some classes I did super well and others. I, I just, it was a struggle just to get by and, you know, Yeah. but art was always, you know, that was always. Did you do art when you were young? 
We did. I wouldn't say that we had the, the I mean, I, I graduated high school with only 88 kids in my graduating class. So our art program was tiny and it wasn't, it was like, oh, make a pinch pot. Oh, do this. It, it was never really like, it, I don't think it was conducive to really setting you up for a professional art experience unless you already sort of had that, you know, the knowledge of what to do, which in, in yeah. 1995. So you, you had art right. classes, but. I did, but it was, I wouldn't say that I, it brought anything. I mean, I stopped doing art when I was 18, pretty much. I went to film school and then oh, okay. I didn't go back to doing physical art until my thirties when my, when I kind of stopped rapping for a while. But I, I say, I think what I, lo I did a lot in high school is I traced a lot of stuff and I kind of learned yeah. the mechanisms. And then I started, like, I look back now and some of the stuff I drew, like, you know, not without tracing, it's better than I gave it credit for back then. So some yeah. of it's terrible. But <laughs> I learned a lot of like just a lot of like how to draw, how to paint, how to get your canvas ready, stuff like that. Clay, I did a lot of pottery and I wish I had a pottery room because that that's just amazing. Yeah. But um, I was always being told what to do. And I didn't like that. Like, yeah, I didn't like it at all. I like that school either. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, if I just want to draw a picture that makes no sense, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So how, and, so when did you really d discover the style you're doing now? Like how long have you been doing that for? Um, well, I just celebrated a birthday last week, so I'm 36. Um, um, definitely in high school, I was starting to really get into my swirls and my designs. Um, you know, um, you know, the sandworm and Beetlejuice. Yes. I just saw that for the um, first time like a year or so ago. Oh, yeah. You saw Beetlejuice for the first time? I, I know. It's, oh, wow. It is what it is. <laughs> Someone else made me watch it. That, that sort of fits in those same movies as like Return to Oz, Dark Crystal, and Labyrinth. It's like, you know, movies they kind of for kids, but they probably wouldn't make now, you know? Yeah, I saw a lot of those movies that were not for kids, but I did. Um, Beetlejuice was another one. I kind of debated, was it Labyrinth or Beetlejuice? But I saw Labyrinth first, and that was more abstract. But the sandworm and Beetlejuice, the black and white stripe, yeah, I'm just I mean, I'm just obsessed yeah, you're wearing with it, it right so. now. Yeah, I know. I actually went through a couple of clothes and I was like, you know, <laughs> this is my color. <laughs> um, But you will see that all the time where it's like a checkerboard um, in my art to where it's just I always have like a pattern. I love patterns. I love shapes. I love swirls. And as I was starting in high school, just putting them together, it was like I knew I could connect this. My art has changed over the two decades like it really has. But I've always said it just starts with one swirl. It starts with one shape. I can just yeah. do a little circle, but then maybe that circle needs a tail and then this tail and that tail. It's it's just like a vine of swirls and shapes and and yeah. then that checker, the beetle. It's not like it's not like sandworms, but it's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. And, and I actually on... have those. All, I have my art all over me, and it was I made sure I had my checkers. <laughs> oh, this was gonna say you. So you went to a point where you were drawing on your walls too, right? I did. Would you like to see? Yeah, let's take know. a look at that. Yeah, okay, we'll give, yeah. We'll give a little tour of uh, of your space there. So it's my bathroom. Um, So I have like art all over. It's kind of like here's my stairs up there. That's so <laughs> but this is kind of cool. This is actually on the ceiling. Oh, I like that. So I, that was really hard. So there's just a bunch of stuff back there. But yeah, um, I have, so don't mind all my makeup and all that, Go but. On it's all up there so what does that feel oh, like to you because so i i've have had this is why i kind of want to bring this up is i've had a similar experience where 
I moved into my house and I had a lot of my art and I put it up all over my house. And there were some days where it felt like it was just too much me. And some days where it just felt like I was very comfortably living inside of my own head. Do you ever, now do you, do you relate to either or both of those feelings or? I do. Sometimes um, I've had like family members say like, it's too much. You should only have like one or piece up. And I'm like, no, I want it everywhere. Like it feels like it feels more me when I actually have my art just exploding all over the place. And I have had so many pieces and a lot of pieces I've put away. Oh, I love that one right there. Oh, this one? The one that looks like kind of a virus, like the one left there. Yeah, I love that yellow. That, yeah. Yeah. There you go. This That's one. really cool. Looking, this yeah. is, um, I have two mental health pieces where I was going through a hard time. And this is my first like mental health piece where it was like my sunrise art. So like, this is like my inner soul, like trying to like the brightness, the color, trying to keep the sunrise going. Cause I had a lot of hard times at sun or evening time at nighttime. Mm -hmm. So when the sun would go down, it's like, I would go down, but when the sun would come up, I would go up. But then all the black is kind of my depression, my dark side, the sunset. Um, but a lot of times when I do these big pieces, they kind of mean something. It's, I have to intertwine them somehow, but it's a beautiful contrast too. the contrast of the black and white and the color. That's, I really like that a lot. Yeah. And while we're showing stuff, oh yeah, go for it. Yep. Yeah. And that one's just kind of a big old, that's a wild one. Like, it's kind of like you got your pink and your green, but the pink and green is running through here, but then the blue and the red and the blue and purple. It's supposed to all flow (laughs) like it's supposed to hook. But once again, like and then this is just another big canvas. But once again, it it doesn't it just kind of all. Yeah, um, I'll show you my other this piece. But like this, like once again, was kind of like in the middle of the black is like my really struggles, my depression, Mm -hmm. my anxiety. But then there's this beautiful world on the outside. There's so much color. There's so much life you know yeah and i um, love all the little details it's i I like how it's one of those type of art where your impression of it up close and your impression of it far away are totally different i know it's it's actually really different like that's a really big yeah trying to get all in there for you but once again this one was another big huge mental health piece this is like on the ceiling yeah um I have a hard time looking at this one because this was my one of my darkest pieces like in the middle it's it's just very dark but there's a lot of words a lot of sayings a lot of why the fuck did this happen but then on the outside once again there's color there's bright there's hope there's dreams there's yeah it's okay that's the thing too is that like it's funny how as artists we inevitably have different relationships to our art as other people do and yeah, um and then on the on the one hand the question i asked before about hanging stuff on your old house it's like most of us do art for our, our own for ourselves like it's it's cool if other people like it it's cool if, if other people want to buy it but like you know we're here to kind of talk about inspiration and how art affects our own personal lives and it's um i really i i sometimes i feel like i'm living in a museum is what I call it. Like, like my house is like a yeah. museum to me, the museum. And some days that does, it's like, it, 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 sometimes it bothers me when people come over, I feel kind of self-conscious about it sometimes, but I'm like, this is really my space. It's like, yeah, this is my a, soul right here. 
yeah, it's been a weird. No, thing I totally know what you mean. Older. And a lot of people don't like. This is the, my basement. Like I live, like my room and my comfortable room is in the basement. But then I have my whole house up there, my boys' room. So I kind of keep it just down here in my room. This is my dungeon, my witch's brew. Like this is where I get to just be me. So I totally get what you mean. But sometimes when people do come down, it's like, okay, you're walking into my my huge personal space that's actually it's funny you say that because so recently um my girlfriend moved in with me and i i consolidated all of my um thank you i consolidated all of my stuff into the room that you're seeing right now and um you know a lot of this stuff was spread across the room and i I, house i I kind of put it all here and i found it actually kind of calming that i can now kind of walk in and out of this part of it and like what you said you can go to the rest of your house and not feel it but people do come in here and um you know, but it's, a, it's totally different than your rest of your house, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, I have like antiques. I have like a whole navy blue yellow thing going on upstairs. Like a lot of my parents um, stuff is up there. Um, my dad's passed away. So I try to have a lot of a lot of his stuff around. Um, but yeah, like my boys' room is set up. So what I really enjoy, like you just said, you get to come in and it's like, yay, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm home. So it's and that's how like, that's how it should be. But but I wouldn't I I wouldn't want my whole house like that. Right. And I've actually thought about that. Like would I start expanding in it and even like with my walls, like just my bathroom is decorated, but I've thought would I want to bring it out? And I thought no, it's I don't I think that would be too much, even though I have canvases everywhere. <laughs> And that's a good way of transitioning the tattoo thing too. Cause so I'm in the middle of trying to design a few new tattoos. I do this cool. thing where I get like a new leaf in every state I go to and I've eight of them so far. So I'm yeah. trying to make a trip to go to um, Philadelphia and I'm going to go to Pennsylvania. I remember your first one. Yes. I got it. I got in, in Colorado. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last time I saw you in person. Yeah. I just got that. So now I have eight. And so now I'm making a plan for more, but every time I do, I get one of these cause they, it costs a certain amount of money just to get the, you know, the ink, the ink flowing and oh, it's stupid yeah. to just pay for that. So I always try to get another one. So, but I, I kind of start thinking about how far do I want this to go? And so with you, when you started, you, so you started getting your, your art tattooed on your body. Did you have an idea when you started of how far you wanted to take it? Or was this something of like, we're going to go a little bit and kind of see how we feel? Um, well, I'll be honest. Um, I have, um, I struggled with cutting a long for a long time. So I have, um, a lot of scars on my body and I always knew I wanted my art on me, but I didn't know how I was going to get it, but I knew I needed to cover up the scars. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggled with cutting for over 15 years. Um, I'm sober. I use it like kind of like an AA I'm sober right now, which is great, but I knew I needed to a new chapter. So the first thing I did was my thigh actually, cause my thigh was really bad with scars. So I wanted to just look at my art. I didn't want to go and look at the walls, go look at my sketchbooks. I wanted to just be able to look at my body and go, there's my art. Because every other time, and I've had art on my body probably about three, maybe four years now. So every time I would go and see myself in the mirror, I didn't see my art. I just saw all the pain that I was struggling with. So I started with my leg and I, I had scars on it and I literally just took it out and I literally have a a tattoo from my knee all the way up my back to my shoulder. It's connected, Mm -hmm. but I knew like the first time I did it, I just did my huge leg and I was just over the moon and I knew I wasn't done. 
And I remember how happy you were. Yeah, I remember actually seeing you, you get it done on yes. Instagram and seeing like just how happy you were. And it's it's now that I know more of the context. That's that's a really beautiful sentiment of sort of taking yeah. back, taking your you know your story back. You know, I I'm kind of I'm kind of quiet about it. And Instagram, I I don't. I'm kind of letting a little bit more out. If you read my my hashtags, scars, you know, old days, whatever. But it's not something I've ever really. I'm kind of quiet about it, but in my recovery, I'm learning that it's okay to admit that I did have a struggle for a long time. Um, over 15 years, almost 20, it's been, it's, it was a huge part of my life, but now, um, my art's all over me because like, I didn't just have it on the scars on one leg. I actually had them on my hips, um, my hips for a long time. So that's kind of why a lot of my art is all on my hips and my thighs because I had a lot of bad years. So um, well, I wanted beautiful. my hips to just be art. <laughs> yeah. Um, But then I knew like, it was weird. Once my hips were done and my scars were covered, I, it was like, I had this, I'm not done. Like I've only been dipped in art. I need to dip my whole yeah. body in it. It's like when you die an Easter egg. So, you know, when you die Easter eggs, you like dip them in or dip right. the sides. And I felt like I was just being dipped. <laughs> so I was like, okay, now I got to get my shoulder in <laughs> and my whole back is covered. Um, so, and I had, um, my last, my recent tattoo is a huge swirl right here. And I had really bad scars back here. Um, but just for my birthday in October, I got this massive swirl and I covered them up and you can still see them, but I like that they're not completely gone. It's, I still need to be aware of, right. Yeah. It is a struggle, but I, I'm not trying to erase it. I'm not trying to black it out. I'm trying to evolve it make it pretty make it like a it's a new chapter mm -hmm. evolve i'm trying to think of the word sometimes my words get a little okay. mispronounced <laughs> I, it's fun so i can relate to some of what you just said i mean i i think it sounds like you so i had um i have obsessive compulsive disorder and a few about five or six years ago i had an issue where i couldn't stop chewing on my tongue or um, I would take one of my teeth up front and just like, keep applying more pressure to the front of my tongue. And then it became just something I would do to sort of soothe myself. And then every once in a while it would draw blood. And I was like, and that's what got me very nervous. And I was like, oh, I actually can't, I, I can't stop doing this or whatever it is, is going on in my, I, I, I might be able to stop doing this under, under different circumstances. I can't stop doing this under the circumstances that currently exist in my life. So I ended up having yeah. to take, well, Something's being, pulling yeah, I ended up taking three or four months off of my job, my career, quit my job and got a new one. And it's, it does surface every once in a while, but um, you know, I think the way you put it, that you're in recovery over it. I mean, that, that, that to me is a very valuable way of thinking about it. You know, because it, it, yes. it's for me, it's like every once in a while when I get stressed out or something or maybe have a little bit uh, too much caffeine, it comes back a little bit. And I'm just like, OK, it's, you know, I had someone once described to me that there's um, like, I think it's OK to like enjoy the feeling of pain a little bit. But there's like there's some things that are always okay is some things that are sometimes okay and some things that are never okay yeah. when it comes down to things like that and that's sometimes a good way of thinking about it i found you know that if you're trying to avoid pain or trying to just not realize what's going around you because you would rather want pain the way i dealt with life is i needed the pain and it the pain kind of 
put me in a calm state. It relaxed me. Um, it, I honestly treat it like a lot of people can talk about drug use, alcoholism, just like any other day. So I actually started treating it like that. Like I'm in AA, I'm in, you know, Cutters Anonymous, CA. Um, but I take it like I either relapsed or, and I'm sober right now. And about maybe it's probably been about two years. I relapsed really bad. And I, I got the back of my leg really bad. And um, I just kind of have to take it like I'm in recovery one day at a time. I relapse, but I have to get back. And I was almost sober for like three years from it. So I was like, yes, I've, I've hit my 30s. I'm doing okay. But then I was having a really hard time during those years. And it just, it got me. <laughs> yeah. And, but I was able to get back on track. But then this year I, I got a big swirl and it just, it, it was like, it's going to be okay. So part of me wants to tattoo my entire body, honestly, just so I, I can never relapse again. Cause I would never cut my, my, my art. I would never do that. That's so but, interesting. Yeah. Um, cause I would, I would just never. Now, there, now it's um, funny. You, see, you ever hear like the, um, the analogy about, um, how people take better care of their cars and they do their body yeah it's funny that's it's and i just related so much to what you said about the um the you don't want to mess up your art but like you're taking better care of your art than you do your body so you have to put your art on your body to help you take like that's that's an interesting just i don't know yes. psychologically i can definitely relate this to something like that yeah um a long a while ago i had a problem with ripping up stuff it was kind of like another compulsive thing like if i had an i had a lot of anxiety and depression and I still do, but I am, I'm taking medicine for it. I'm in therapy. I, I, I get recovery. I mean, I'm, I'm not in therapy at the moment, but I was in therapy for over two and a half years before COVID and it changed my life. Like it really yeah. did. But art honestly changed it because I had art to always go to. Yeah. It's art funny, was the, always there. The um, ripping paper thing. I used to, I used to have something, I used to have something where like ripped up paper would drive, would be the sound that would drive me bonkers. Like I couldn't hear people mm. ripping up paper. So you and I would have been a bad mix. Oh. <laughs> well, in, in my earlier days, I used to rip up my art. I would just rip it off my art and just, just fuck this. I put all <laughs> this time and energy into it. And what does it mount to? But this was before I had, before I went through recovery, before I realized why am I even, why am I doing this? Why am I cutting? What is the problem? And I thought I just had this weird problem. Like, why doesn't anybody have this problem? But I found out a lot of it was from just my childhood trauma, sexual abuse, just a lot of bad things. But, but then I realized like, I never want to rip up my art again, but I did want to show you like the art that I did rip up. I like recreated and I put it on like this desk thing. So it's like, I oh. kind of re put it together. That's um, cool. There's like another one here, but there's like all this like stuff on it. That's really but, interesting. Like, you too, can kind of see, like if I start moving it, there's art in there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's interesting I, too. I, like that's very metaphorically interesting about the way we take ourselves together, take ourselves apart and put ourselves back together. Yes. And like, that's like, I mean, we're, we're hitting all sorts of levels here <laughs> with like, <Yes. laughs> like, this is like, no. stacks on stacks you on go stacks. into like, um, you want to take care you're like nourishing moment. Like you try to take care of yourself. And that is something I struggled with at nighttime. My cutting would come out and it was so bad. But then the sun would come up and it would be okay. And I would, I would have to take care of myself. I'd have to fix my body. And honestly, for 15 years, it, it, it was very difficult. So it was like the scars are not going away. 
so that that's when I was like I'm done I'm gonna find an artist and I did um at clean slate tattoo um the owner van amazing place he finally sat down with me and told me what he thought what I thought and he's like okay let's try it and it was a huge moment just to let somebody draw my art on them because he hand freed it I gave him my sketches and then he took the sharpie and I just had to sit there and watch all of this come true and it's it's just been amazing and it's honestly a part of my recovery so that's beautiful and it's just it's just been and I'm not going to stop so I I figured once a year I was in the chair for 18 months straight before COVID like getting art getting it filled in doing this doing that and my art is very it's kind and I'm very picky I mean if you talk to my tattoo artist it's like no do this do that do a little swirl but um he's awesome he does it and it's amazing and he is and he has seen my scars and I told him look I gotta cover these up and it's like and it's it's been it's been quite an experience like just amazing and I don't want to stop (laughs) that's good advice to anybody out there too who maybe hadn't considered this maybe you have a birthmark maybe you have a scar you know something you got from an accident something you gave yourself or something that you know there are you find a good tattoo artist and to some degree, they're almost like a plastic surgeon for your skin. I mean, they, yes. they, they, it's, it's funny. Like, so I didn't get tattoos until maybe five years ago. I got my first one and I was like my late thirties. And I always was, the people will say like, well, what if you get it and don't, and like, don't, um, and get tired of it or something. Yeah. But don't like I, it later. Yeah. What I found with every tattoo I've gotten is almost instantaneously, my brain like absorbs it as just a part of my body as if it was always there. Like, and I don't know if maybe, maybe if I like fucked up and accidentally got something like really messed up or something, maybe I wouldn't feel that way, but it's just, it very quickly happens where it's just like, oh, it's a part of you. Right. And it's, it's, um. I don't know. It, it's, it's a, it's, I'm kind of glad I waited as long as I did. Cause I, I, now I can kind of get what I want and I, I probably Me better at meeting good artists and stuff, but a good tattoo artist is, is, is it's important. You find someone good. There are a lot of bad ones. I've definitely oh, yeah. had some artists work on me that had to clean up other artists work, but a lot of them are really great people and they do understand the um, implications of what they're doing. And it's great to have a conversation with them. If you get the feeling that they're not going to be that person for you then maybe they're not the right artist but um i don't know tattooing's um become a very fun thing for me i uh i met with a lot of previous tattoo artists like i would go to different shops and a lot of them were like no it's not gonna work like let me do something to you and i would bring my sketches in and it's like hey i don't have anything and i got um in my house you had to be moved out supporting yourself to get a tattoo and i was already moved out supporting myself for a year and i was like oh my god i gotta get a tattoo (laughs) (laughs) so i went and i drew a swirl just a black and purple swirl it's my favorite colors and i put it on my hip and i I was with my mom it was awesome um but then over 10 10 years passed and i never got anything else but i always knew like i want something to expand it like i just knew it's got to grow. But everybody I talked to was like, no. And getting that one squirrel, I mean, she's only like maybe that big. He was so picky, mean about it. This is going to fade. What are you? Eh. He just was honestly a dick about it. And yeah. it's, I had to wait like four hours for him to find a swirl, design it. And it just was like, oh my God. So I didn't want to have to deal with that ever again. But then it started eating me away. Like I've got to find somebody. So finally I actually gave up. And then I was like, you know what? I worked with this lady at Primrose and I knew her husband was an owner. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. One last try. 
and he just he changed my life and it was like thank you and he gave me his input which was awesome because my stuff is really tiny so it probably all would have been like collapsed on each other but he yeah. was like you can do it but you need to blow it up like you need to get it big yeah so and that that was amazing to yeah. not have somebody say no but these are your struggles but let's see what we can do and yeah. i put a deposit down and i'll keep going back <laughs> so it got me thinking about the tattoo i got when i was in colorado that last time that this is, i just remembered how i found the artist i was at a dive bar in Colorado, which I forget what the name of it was. It's something lounge. I don't know. Um, but uh, can I, yeah. I was going to ask, can I ask, why do you get leaves? I um, meant to ask you that. And I, before I forgot, I wanted to ask. Oh yeah. So I sort of, I, so some of my favorite art I've ever done has been based around leaves. I just sort of like the idea I've, autumn's always been my favorite season. The colors I really like, and I just find it calming. And I think it's, it's a way it's about the passage of time for me that we're all sort of just, you know, leaves falling off a tree and eventually, <laughs> you know, I'm going to get more leaves and I'm going to have less on the tree. And then it'll be my time to sort of, you know, I guess get cut down. And it's just, for me, it's a way That's for awesome. me to recognize the passage of time and also for me the reason i want to go a different places to get them is i'm somebody who's kind of like staying at home but once i do go out i appreciate it so it's a way for me to encourage myself to, to go new places and see new things like i'm thinking about going out to the spot where all four states meet because yeah. i'm like that seems like someplace like corners? yeah so, i mean colorado is one of them so i already have that one but i figure i can get the other three and it's just you know i probably would never go there otherwise there's probably something there that i'll remember forever and you know i don't know maybe i get sick of sitting on a beach so there's always another record store in a random town i can go to yeah That's sort of what for me vacation my my son and um his dad went there um, oh, last summer cool. and it was a lot of fun yeah. Or the summer that just passed. Um, and they loved it. There's a lot of cool. So if you like hiking and all that and oh yeah, nature and all yeah. the, I've heard it's really cool up there or That's over sweet. there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like a check. We were talking about maybe checking that out in the next. I was I thought of it because I was watching an episode of American Dad and one of the characters joking about break dancing in all four states at once. And I'm like, we gotta go there. <laughs> we uh we want to try um four square if me and my other son because me and my I have two sons and the other one didn't go, so we stayed home. It was like a a special time for both of them yeah. but if we did go all four if we want to go and try to play four square oh that's a good idea <laughs> that'd be cute yeah but cool. i don't know they're really picky about what you can really do yeah because yeah. it's kind of like okay look at it pass through the other people it's like a line so you can't like sit and be like yeah i'm sure it's like we hope we have, so we have plymouth rock out here it's like and it's such a um underwhelming experience <laughs> you're like all right well there's a rock in a hole and uh yeah. <laughs> all right well that's cool you know, and that and that isn't the actual rock, right? Correct. That's not the actual one. It's just one that. Okay, excellent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. 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 <laughs> but I don't know. Cool. So um, let's get touch back on Labyrinth for a few minutes because I I was sure. just <laughs> that fucking movie. I know I was... we kind of went off on a lot. I hope that's okay. I no, that's that's that, sort like of what, the, what the point of it is. And that was all great stuff. Like I mean, it's um, it's yeah. But so was there? Did you identify? So in, in that movie, one thing that kind of surprised me was just how mean her stepmother is in the beginning of that movie and just how much there's insinuations that her personal life is not great, but you don't really get a lot of details. Now, do you think is this do you do you think you related to something like that as a child? Because I think that was one thing that I sort of related to is I felt alone and I felt that I sort of lived in this world of my bedroom. And that was, I think, one of the things that really drew me into this movie. Is that something you related to as well? or? 
I didn't, but with my art, I felt like because it was so different and so abstract and not your normal art, let's say, um, I felt like I was kind of always in my own little world. Um, my, <laughs> my family is not like, you know, all witchy. I, I believe I'm a witch. I totally know it. Um, but I just saw the magic. They're more facts, sports, competitive, which I am too. But um, no, I kind of always felt like I was, I have three brothers. I'm the only girl. But it was kind of like, I'm the artist. I'm kind of the weirdo. I'm kind of the one that thinks really different. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, I don't know if they'll be watching this, but, you know, but um, I didn't feel like that. I mean, I grew up in a great household. I mean, we played a lot of games, a lot of sports. I had a great childhood um, with my family. Um, but no, but I always felt like with my art and just my own like magic abstract brain, I just felt like with all my friends and school people, I felt like I never had somebody to actually go to and be like, yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, what is it like if you disappear, you know, but you can still be seen? (laughs) I don't know. Something crazy. Like my biggest question is, do you believe if we live in a snow globe and we're just in one big snow globe and somebody is shaking us up and we all live in a snow globe? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but if that's... I asked somebody that, like at a younger stage, they'd be like, "Wow, Ashley, you're a freak." <laughs> I know, <laughs> like... and that was something too that, like, thank God for the internet because when I was a kid, like, you know, like I said, I came from a very, pretty small town. I got super into really nerdy things, and the odds of finding somebody else who cared about it as much as me and is willing yeah. to admit it is pretty low. And now it's so... like our geekdoms are just only a few button clicks away. Yeah, so I I kind of agree, like how your answer was yes, but not in my family. Um, it was just kind of in society in my group, my, and I, I had a lot of the same friends from like elementary to high school. So it was just like, I was kind of always like the oddball, like, yeah. so, but, but I never, I never stirred away from it. I kind of knew I was an oddball, but I never, I always kept it in. I wasn't like, well, I can't, I shouldn't be doing that. Like, and I'm really glad as now that I'm in my thirties, I kept with I like magic. I like witches. I like skulls. I like things that don't make sense. Um, I love classical music, opera. Like my, yeah. I am like Mozart's biggest fan, and yeah, he's been gone a long time, but all right, <laughs> and and a lot of my friends just didn't get it. So and I'm now, like that with ballet. Having, I'm a huge I ballet fan, and people look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, but it makes you feel good and it it's it's who you are and yeah. that you should be who you are, not trying to mold into something that other people you should be. Well, it is funny too. I was thinking about this the other day that we may be the first group of people who truly have that privilege. Because if, if you look at just yeah. the way that your house is set up, you know, the way my house is set up, like as a woman, you know, in a mere blink of the eye ago, you would not have in most cases been allowed to have your art on the wall like that in a lot of places in the world and stuff and like we sort of are living in this weird age where this weird golden age of of to some degree privilege i know it means different things to different people but like we're finally like i don't think my parents were felt so free to express themselves as we do (coughs) you know i would have been very surprised to walk into a house like what you see behind you or what i see behind me like one of my parents friends houses the kid (coughs) and ridiculous like the the generation before that you know it's like yeah you know, the first, I, I think there's a joke in something where the first generation are immigrants and they come over here. So the second generation can go to high school. So the next one can go to college. So the one after that can take up snowboarding. Like it's, <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
No, and, I totally agree. Yeah, but um, I was actually this is kind of like a little related, but I was telling my boys that that girls couldn't even like wear pants for the longest time. Like they had to wear dresses and yeah. we watch a lot of history stuff and a lot of stuff back in the day. So I'm like, everything you're going to watch, every woman is in a dress. And I was like, we're actually lucky because I'm living in the time where I can wear pants. Now, I know that's go- kind of different. But just like you said, like doing art, being able to believe in magic, like I'm kind of glad that I was born in the 21st century because I would have been screwed back then, like literally probably burned at the stake. In a mere (laughs) hundred years before that, they wouldn't be allowed to wear a dress that could show anything. So the standard of what it was like to be a woman was it was a what it was allowed to be. If you're a woman was a constantly moving, you know, goalpost. And it's just. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so I think in terms of like the mental and that we're also living a time now where we're the first, one of the first generations that really talk about mental health the way that we do, like, you know, pretty yeah. and I, and I kind of wonder that where we, I think you and I both feel, I mean, you just said it, but we both feel that our mental health has improved when we're around, when we have more control over our surroundings and more control over artistically, how we can express ourselves and we have a safe zone. And, you know, we're probably the, some of the first generation, like some of the first time in history, people can have that, you know, to a yeah, real exactly. degree, you know, where it's yeah. not, because what I, what I would fight with is that, you know, art in general is, is, is self-absorbed to some degree that like, um, that you're spending a lot of time by yourself, that you're living in your own world, then you're hanging up to see that it is sort of a self there's like, I would say objectively speaking, not like judgmentally, it's, it's, it's a time you're absorbed with yourself. And for yeah. me, I've struggled with that as well to how much of that is really okay, because you at a certain point it can become a void they can't you, you can keep filling and filling but yeah um, being able to have wow. the time and space for it in your house and then be able to walk else, elsewhere and not have it is pretty nice yeah some of the best times i've had is just sitting back with hours and hours of art it's like i haven't looked up my hand can't move because it's stuck yes. in the spot of me doing art and I'm hunched over what which most artists probably are yeah. <laughs> but it's like I just I get stuck and part of me is like I love it I absolutely love it so I it's funny you bring that up because I struggled a lot with hand pain um and I had to yeah. stop drawing for a while I had to start drawing me with too. my left hand um which was interesting that's that amazing was, you could probably do it too you learn it faster I can. than you think you tried. I can I actually trained myself as a kid to to right with my other hand so I did that a lot I just kind of gave it up throughout my 20s and I was just telling my boys that like we need to start writing with your other yes. hand um because I started I using the same thing I started using my mouse with my left hand when I when I got a job my first job like 20 something years ago and yeah. it was like a professional job and because I was trying to learn how to DJ so I could kind of like learn both hands oh, and then yeah. I gave that up but I kept using my mouse with my left hand for the next 20 years so all the neural pathways all the neurons that wire to get fire together start wiring together and then when I needed to start drawing I was like three pictures in and it looked almost as good as with my right hand because like that's over awesome. and that's like to the that's one of those things too that um I hate this to like put the arts against sports but like um when you're young being able to focus some time on something that'll really give you the benefit in the long run like learning piano or just learning how to draw or something like i would give anything to be able to get my brain to the part to that point where it was that malleable again just to learn things better you know yeah i i really push my boys to learn different languages i really hope they play an instrument they're in elementary so i don't think they're doing instruments right now or they already would be but they play sports um but just just training your brain getting it going um 
and a lot of my boys will are really good at art as well like they could do a lot of characters pictures like a lot of just real stuff stuff that I'm not really good at so it's really cute when they try to do abstract and I'll try to do like a picture of them (laughs) it's really fun but um honestly just getting your brain to be creative and not just art like one of my my other one is really good at just creating stuff like building stuff like the other day he asked me for a cardboard box and I was like why the fuck would I have that sorry I'm cussing (laughs) sorry but um he turned it into like a whole suit he turned it into like a box like a box head a box outfit like he's just very creative with okay I'm gonna make this I'll make you know a birdhouse out of a piece of paper yeah I could never do that so I'm always like do something (laughs) yeah but I'm a big I'm a big supporter of that when I was a kid, it was read a book. And it's like, if reading's great, I love reading, but there's got to yeah. be something else like that you can convince me that it can actually enrich my brain. Like stuff like, like you're, you're encouraging your kid to do. It's um, it's a gift to give somebody, a child that they, they have it for the rest of their life, yeah. you know? I mean, of course, it's not like My mom is a huge reader them. and she she doesn't go a day without reading, but I, I can't get into reading and I wish I did because reading seems so good for the brain. Yeah. Um, But I can't visualize it as well in my head. Like, I get really bored. I'm a really, I need my hand to be doing something. I need to actually be doing something. Um, yeah. So I envy the people that could like my, my mom, my family that can just sit back and read a book and get lost in a world because, but it's like the same, you know, for me, but it's like, I'm, I'm a visual person. Yeah. I'm a hands-on person. So it's funny. I would love to find things like, I really like that you do a lot of like digital stuff, like stuff on the computer. And I would like to experience that art more, but I can't, I'm not touching it. I'm not getting in it. So I, I've always wondered, how is it, how is that versus doing hand art versus doing a computer art? <laughs> it's funny. So, so now that I got, I, I now have like this tablet thing that I can literally draw on the screen. And so now it's almost seamless and it does feel oh, cool. a little bit differently than, than it would. I was watching this documentary and how they make Funko pops. And I saw this thing and I was Googled it like that, that day. And was like, I need to get one of those. But that yeah. to me was the real games that, and the fact that I was running out of place to put my stuff. And I was like, I, I literally was feeling like it was encroaching in. So that was one of the big reasons I moved to digital, but, um, and I was also getting concerned about like the paint, like the amount of times I got paint on my skin and was it going into my, I was just yeah. like the, the, the stuff like that. I started getting weird about. So now I'm just worrying about carpal tunnel, but the experience for me is um, the, 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 the biggest thing that's weird now is that when I'm drawing something with a pencil and I, and I fuck something up, I literally try to find a way to hit control Z to erase it and so my brain has fully trained turned like a digital artist because like i just like oh you could just get rid of it yeah i'm like oh my god i have to redraw that i have to erase it and it's not going to totally be gone it's just like so it's stuff like that i'm beginning to feel the frustrations of the actual art but but most of my digital art does start with an actual drawing i have a real hard time starting from scratch digitally i will draw something with a sharpie like basically with bristol board and in a sharpie and then i'll scan it in and then i'll work from there so it all okay. has to start from there too what do you do you like it more kind of being on digital i think so and i never thought i would but like I, the, some of the pieces you've put out lately are really good and i'm like i bet you. you that's from the computer like and i i've almost wanted to ask but i you know did you draw that or yeah, did you create away, yeah. that like and that's it's, really cool now it's usually I like your mix. colors 
Oh, thanks. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Coloring is really great to learn digitally because you, it's like when you get a color wrong, when you're doing something with, with paper, it fucks the whole thing up and then it's really hard to fix. So being able to, to, to like change colors. That. Yeah. And then also too, the thing that's frustrating about any sort of color is that it never looks the same on, it never looks the, the shade that you want it to, you know? And you can never yeah. get it on evenly without flood. It was funny. I was looking at this one. This is one of the pieces that you and I collaborated on. And like, I'm oh, always nice. super impressed. So I did the center. You did around. I wish I could hold this better, but I can't. No, it's um, okay. So happy to see it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I got to find a place to put it. Um, Running out of wall space, but I have some. I, I have, have yours on this. my, when you go down my stairs, it's one of the first ones oh, right nice. when you get up the top of the stairs. Awesome. I'm always. My boys love it because all of your characters in it. Um, oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, it I was think we did a really good job. You did Here, yes. I'll take you I love there. that. One. Yeah, and that was <laughs> like, I did that on a piece of of poster board. I think that was part of my art show that I did. I I just think this one was just really good. Like oh, I yeah. think both of our art really just really went well together with your characters and all my designs and just it being orange. Yeah, yeah, because that's one of your like, favorite colors, right? Yeah, I just, and this little guy right there, like, there's so <laughs> many dudes in there. Like, I as I was like coloring that. around it, it was like, oh, my God. We'll have to, like, collab on, like, an album cover or something, because I'm going to be releasing yeah, a bunch like, of stuff I coming up. I would love to do it again, because we've, we've done it twice, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you have one, I have one, which is just really awesome. That just yeah. warms my heart. Now, that's the stuff, too, where digitally, it's so much easier to do. I mean, like, because, like, literally, I could work, you could work on a file, send it to someone, they could work at it on it and send it back to you. Oh, you just send it back? Yeah, I mean, I've never done that with somebody, but that's, that's you cool. know. That's that would be a cool experience, and I'm, I'm not to get too nerdy, but now I'm using all the different Adobe products, and the way they integrate with each other is wild. Like I was, um, I was working in Photoshop, and I saved an image, and then I dragged that into, um, actually it was for this podcast. I dragged in an image, and literally, I all I had to do was change it in the other program, and then it was fixed in the other program. Like literally, the relate. I know this wow. is like this. The other people are like, yeah, no shit. A lot easier than mailing pieces back. I'm such an old school. Like, I'm not used to all this technology. Like, I feel like I'm just an old soul because it's like, oh, my God. I I would rather just get out my ink and paper and write you a letter and I'll just wait a month and you can reply. Yeah, I like stuff like that, And then I'll get your reply in a month. But just the technology, the, the things that have come out in the last 10 years, it's like, oh, my God. Could you imagine, like, back in the 90s when we were kids, like, being able to look at your watch and send messages and no i mean that, my brother gave me a hoodie a little beanie and it had like headphones in it and i was like, what? like where were you my whole life like, like oh my god like bluetooth headphones he's like yeah i don't need it i was like but this is a hat with headphones in it. and I, I just couldn't like, wrap my head around it i and i honestly and I haven't used it yet. pretty soon <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's just, so, there's, there's so much awesome. It's, it's just, you know, I mean, there's so much, it's funny. I don't want to get too excited about these like physical things and stuff like that. But what I'm really excited about is the ideas that like, there's so much in the world. There's so many bad ideas that we see in the world every day in the news. Yeah. But even the idea that somebody put Bluetooth headies, hoodie, Bluetooth headphones into I know. It, <laughs> like that to me is just kind of makes me smile. And I'm like, all right, there's still people out there trying <laughs> like, you know, yeah. in their own small well, ways. Yeah. Because that just, was somebody, somebody like us, like wanted something and they're like, we're just going to make this. And then I'd like it. So I'm going to try to sell it to somebody else. Like, that started in some 
person. Well, I think of runners, people who are going out there running and it's cold in the morning and they throw a beanie on and they also have their headphones. So I hate how much my headphones fall out when I'm running. It's even like I I only use headphones when I get tattoos because I love the music when you're getting a tattoo. Um, You know, it's a necessity for me getting tattoos is um, and I know I I sign something every time saying that this isn't the case, but edibles like I have to take edibles. Oh, really? It's it to me. I don't have to. But like, I'm not always good talking to somebody like a stranger. And like they always edibles always kind of make me happy. They takes a little bit of the pain away. Yeah. And but I'm always like chattier and stuff. And it's sort of like I'm able to like talk with mushrooms like I'm talking now because I know you. But like if I go out. I get really nervous. I'll choke over my words. I'll mispronounce things um, really bad. Um, but I, when I get tattoos, I am, I mean, I'll hit my pen no matter what, but I am like dead sober. Like, yeah. I just love it. Cause the feeling I get before I get in that chair, but, and part of me is like, I don't want to get too chatty. Like this is, and now that you know about my scars, um, that's just a different part of it. That's always kind of a me piece. Like right. I am. I'm evolving, you know, I'm changing. And I love how you said like, it's a transformation, like a body, like a body transformation. So, yeah, but yeah, but I wish I listened. I wish I had more headphones on back to the headphone thing, but no, I always have music just blaring. It's funny with tattoos. Um, I had forgot about this. I have a thing where I don't like being touched, like in general, like, um, I don't. So the idea of somebody just physically touching me for that long is sort of what I'm trying to get over to some degree. And it's not as bad as it used to be, but it was like, if somebody like a coworker or somebody would like touch my shoulder, I would feel it would, it would just, my brain would be like, how do we get this over with as soon as possible? And it it would almost feel like it was still there for the rest of the day. And it's the psychological thing I have. Like I kind of, so just I'm don't kind of the same way. Yeah, I have like, that's a why I, I, I'm one of the winners of COVID because like I have like shaken way less hands. Like I hate it. Like shaking hands for me is something that I really don't like doing. And like mm. I'm fist bumping now. I'm I'm just waving. It's like I'm living my best life. That's what you always wanted. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah just touching somebody else's hand. Never thought about that. Yeah. It's just like, but yeah. So the tattoo thing is like, I always have to find someone I feel comfortable with, like sort of like just, you know, I don't know. It's a big yeah. thing for me. <laughs> I I wanted going in it. I honestly wanted an older person, guy or girl, whatever. But I wanted them to be mature. I didn't want some twenty year old working on me. And li- literally, where all my tattoos are, a lot of times I kind of had to be naked. And a lot I have yeah. a tattoo like, well, the whole thing runs up my side and it goes right underneath my chest right here. And you know, at one point my chest is out. But I I just wanted somebody who was just mature older and it's not just like you know and I and I got that which was really nice and he's married and it's just it was a, it's a good feeling and I like that it's it's always him I have a neighbor that's a tattoo artist and sometimes I think oh I'll just cross the street and get a little swirl yeah. but I'm like no don't do it don't do it <laughs> because it's like I only want him to do it because he knows what I want he knows my art and I'm comfortable with him but just like you said I don't want to yeah. Expose myself. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I forgot. I was telling that story about the tattoo artist in Colorado Um, when he asked about the leave. So the way that I found yeah. the one I was in Colorado, I was at some some dive bar there and I got to talking to the bartender and um, <clears throat> sorry, I said to cough. And so she uh, she had told me she had had a tattoo appointment for the next day that she had to cancel because she had to. I think she had just that day broken up with her boyfriend of like nine years. And she was supposed to get, she had a tattoo right like above her waist of the band Blues Traveler, who she was a big fan of. But according to her, she had the tattoo. 
years later, she met the lead singer of, of Blues Traveler and they started dating. And he, I guess wow. he was, she didn't like the way it went. I don't know. I don't want to like, you know, I don't know the details, but afterwards she did not yeah. feel so good about him and then wanted to get her Blues Traveler tattoo covered up. But then she couldn't go because that's something to do with the breakup or working or something. So I ended up taking her appointment. And that's oh. where I got my artist to get the first leaf tattoo I got. Um, and uh, he didn't do a great job. <laughs> it had to be fixed by the next one. But oh, um, yeah. so it speaks to, <laughs> it I mean, there's only a little leaf and it's fine now, but it does speaks to that. If you find somebody good, you know, I mean, that story's kind of good, but, you know, I'd rather the tattoo be good. <laughs> Do you like just popping in and popping out? Because I'm sure those don't take long at all. So I used to, but now it's a little harder because some places don't want to do like any walk-ins. And I'm usually yeah. trying to like, I want to, I'm getting a band on my leg. Like I'm getting like, like a, like a, like I keep calling it a band, like almost like a carousel around like my, the bottom of oh, my cool. leg. And so it's, yeah. it's mostly, it's kind of almost all the way around. I'm getting on the front. I'm getting this um, mashup of, of Space Ghost and Danger Doom. It's really nerdy shit. So you probably have Yeah, heard of it, but, but it's you. Yeah. So I'm getting that. <laughs> and um, that one might be painful because it's right in the front of my shin. But, and I'm yeah. filling in this Wu-Tang symbol I have with, I haven't figured out what yet. Maybe a Silver Surfer. Actually, I'm wearing the shirt right now. Maybe I was thinking about maybe getting like something like this in it, but we'll see. Okay. I don't know. So I'm just going to put all the stuff that inspires me on my leg. I have like a spy versus spy there. I got a little owl from American dad and like um, Wu-Tang and all that shit. So Twin Peaks. So I hope you have fun like sitting because I'm sure like those, you know, your leaves don't take long, but to actually sit and actually go through all of like your adrenaline, you're rushing, yeah. like, and then you hit like this moment where your body just kind of numbs out. That's what the edibles And you just like, don't move. Like <laughs> yeah. I've actually fallen asleep once. Like I got I my too. back yep. done. Yeah, and I I think he he does this wipe down like when he's done he wipes it down and honestly that hurts more than the tattoo, and it kind of woke me up and I was like oh my god I think I fell asleep <laughs> and it was like it was amazing I um, fallen asleep during a tattoo and during a massage which you know yeah I insomnia for years but that's cool you fell asleep during a yeah. tattoo I've never heard anybody fall asleep during a tattoo yeah I was probably the edibles though. yeah. <laughs> See, in me, I don't want anything to, I've taken edibles in the beginning and I remember it just kind of like would get me really hyper because I have already so much anxiety. So it would just yeah. hype it up, but I just got to go in it just sober. And then the way my, it just feel like the real nerves, the real endorphins kick in. And I think there's something to it. Yeah. I think you should try that one time. Just go in it and just see what your own yeah, body I probably does should, yeah. because your endorphins can get you like, Ooh. <laughs> And That's this time I when I went in and did the back of my leg, I've already gone like so many times and I was nervous. And my guy was like, are you nervous? I was like, yeah, like I shouldn't be nervous. I should be past this. But I, I was, I was shaking. Like when I fill out the paperwork, my handwriting just is like, because that just does not look good. Because I, <sighs> my endorphins is just going, but I, I really enjoy that. And I think that brings a lot with the tattoo just what i experience yeah i have to find a tattoo wanna... artist to interview because like they're just i'm sure i always try to get good stories out of them like i i like because if i'm stuck talking to a stranger i have to do a little bit of mental preparation i'm like all right what am i going to bring up so that it's just, in case things get awkward this is like the the, the bane of my existence and i oh, always I agree and it's like i always think these are people that must have a lot of good stories but i, I have trouble getting it out of them 
Yeah. I actually don't talk too much with my tattoo artist. He's kind of quiet, which I actually really like because I don't want somebody to just jam it. And I thought like pay attention to your job, you know, that's the other thing. Yeah. (laughs) And I like that. Like he has people come in and chatting with him, like people working with him. But I was so prepared the first time I went and like I'm gonna have to explain my scars, what happened. Why did I do this? Because, you know, I was, I was covered and I told him, okay, you got to get this. You got to make it wider because I don't want this one poking out. Like it's got to be completely covered. But that was the real first time I think in my recovery, I actually was like, screw it. I, I'm going to have to talk about it and show what I've been through. And I think that really helped get over like a lot of the shame and we can't talk about that. Cause like I said, people can talk about alcoholism every day. But it, but talking about like actual different addictions that are kind of a little bit yep. different food addictions, you know, I mean, like, I've had food issues over the, over the years. It's a tough thing to talk. Not everybody yeah. understands how to talk about it, you know? Yeah. But getting back to, you know, being able just to talk about mental health and it's okay. And that's why I try to share on my Instagram, like randomly just health. I follow a lot of health, mental health pages, but let's talk about mental health. Let's see what's going on. You know, what are the red flags? What are yeah. the green flags? But just allowing people out there who's ever viewing my stuff, just, Hey, it's okay. Like it's not, it's a hard life <laughs> Yeah, and it's hard every day, but it's okay to talk about things that are not easy to talk about. Yeah, I'm I'm starting now. I mean, there's stuff I haven't been ready to talk about that now I'm starting to a little bit, and it's it is a little freeing. And um, just you find out the response is always more encouraging than you think it is. It's like it's it's the thing is like not talking about these things is sort of what got people into trouble in the first place. Yeah, so exactly. Continuing that is you know repressing things is just you know. Yeah, and that's that's a really good point because like being a I mean, some people knew about my cutting, but not a lot. Um, like my mom knew and stuff, but a lot of people didn't. Um, but being quiet about it for 15 years, I mean, that's a long time to be quiet. It's a long time to hide and right. and just be hiding and, and it's that is an exhausting part of it too. Is that yes. like there's um like it's sort of like the, the there's an analogy with alcohol where it's like oh, you can have like two beers today but then like the next day you're already starting a little bit behind so if you have two beers that day the next day it, it snowballs it's like yeah and there's a bit of that with all of these these different addictions that we we carry with us is that like there's just the everyday stress that it weighs a little more every day and that yeah. you're 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 physically a little and mentally a little more drink like they call alcohol is it not a disease of progression that's not the right word but it's a disease like most of these addictions if not untouched will just get worse they don't stay the same and they're not going to get better yeah. unless you do something and it's it becomes that's how we hit our moment of clarity is that the like you said about talking about it to your tattoo artist, the weight of like you wanted that tattoo and, and you wanted it bad enough that you were that it, that, that, that not getting it. Well, you, you knew you had to talk about the issue, the, the cutting to do it. And you were at a point where you wanted something bad enough that yeah. you were ready to talk about it. And that's yeah. sort of, unless we challenge ourselves, we don't hit those, those points where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well now, like, you know, those and are great exposed- moments. And I think my thing was just being exposed. Yeah. Like, cause when you get a tattoo, there's light and the light is yep. just flashing right on what happened. And right. to me in the beginning, it was like, Oh my God, I couldn't, I even had a hard time, but it was like, part of me was like, no, like this is part of, this is, you have to look at it. You have to look at the ugly to see the beauty because eventually it will become beauty. 
but and that's kind of how I'm like I'm not trying to cover it up and yeah they are covered up but it's it's not in the I don't want to see it it never happened it did happen it was a part of my life and it always will be which is sad but I've accepted that um but now I can have beauty with it I can have art with it and like I said I'm not gonna I have to protect my art and sometimes I think and I think I don't know if you see this in Instagram but sometimes I view myself as art like I'm art like the art that I make that's me like that's just me on part of you yeah yeah and I mean like right here I mean I already have I there's just a little flash for you but it's like this is I am art so I can't trash art so I have to take care of it. And that I is think such a beautiful in that, sentiment. That way of thinking has helped me grow in my recovery and just in general, like just being me. Like how you said, being your room, it's you. And yeah. you should be you. It's funny you say that, <laughs> that triggered a few things in me is that I remember having this attitude for a lot of my life that if something's happening and it's only making, it's only hurting me, then nobody important is being hurt. And that used yeah. to be the mind. I finally realized that was the way I was operating my entire life. If it's only me getting hurt, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Because <clears throat> I was one of those people who I wouldn't, I would most likely not lash out at others. I would take everything out on myself. And that, and that was me as well. Right. And then I also came to the realization that if I talked to other people the way that I talked to myself, I wouldn't have any friends. Exactly. And that was a I've big I've done one that too. Me. Like, damn, if I trashed other people or if I treated them or. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't have hope for them. What kind of person would I be? Right, and I think art I didn't too, have hope for me. Right, and art teaches so. us to be, I think, self-aware in a way, and I think that's something that doing art teaches. And self-awareness is such an important part to recovery from anything. It's um, and a lot of it's something that is lacking in a lot of people, and I find that a lot of the artists that I know are are tend to be a little more so some of them are some, the most, some of the most delusional people I know actually but some of the other ones are the, some of the most self-aware so maybe it's not the yeah. best yeah you know? <laughs> <No. laughs> I like it yeah no I totally I totally agree with you so a lot of people just don't understand my art a lot of people are like it's just swirls and I I kind of allow them just to say that like yeah it's just swirls it's designs it's and some people are like you're just doodling and I'm just like it's always that sign, like, you know, just because you can't see it doesn't mean I can't. And I, I truly believe that. Like, what I'm seeing is something totally different. And going back to the very beginning of the conversation, you were like, you know, does do they like my art? You know, what do other people think of it? Are they going to like it? Or are they not? Like, honestly, I've sold art. I'm an international professional artist, which I am very proud of. Congratulations. I, my be. art has crossed the seas. Um, I haven't, but it has, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's not really about them. It's about me. And if other people appreciate it and want it and enjoy it and get something out of it. Awesome. But really it comes back to, this is me on paper. This is what I go through. This is my mind. This is me basically. And if you like it, then cool. Then you must like me, but, um, it's really, I get really selfish and some and a lot of times when I was selling my art more, I dealt with a lot of people that were picky and I dealt with it. I was like, okay, we'll do it. We'll do it that way. Okay. Yeah. And I went through that side of the business. And part of me was just like, no, because they're trying to change me. Like I yeah. cannot be restricted on a canvas and a paper. Like, yeah, tell me what colors you like. Okay, you don't like hearts. Okay, right. fine. But I like hearts. 
but I found the more I was being restricted, it was taking away from my art. And I, I honestly retired. <laughs> I felt the I'm same 36 way. 36 and I love it. I was like, yeah. you know what? I have experienced some of amazing things. I've been in art galleries. I have art across the world. I've, I've collaborated with amazing people. Um, it's I can close that the book with the professional part. We all have our it. own point of validation because I had a very similar thing too, where like I don't, I, I'm now open for commissions. Only because I told myself I wanted to pay for a new computer that I want to finish my movie and I want to do it through art. So now I'm open for commissions only for that. But I pretty much stopped doing commissions because I found that it was a little soul sucking. And I stopped. It is. And even just selling art, I'm just like, I don't feel like, like, I don't. Like it's, I val I both value my art and both and sort of in, in in the global sense think it's kind of worthless. So I'm sort of like if you want, I just want to give it away. Like I don't really care about being involved in that. And I, I have a luxury that I'm like that that I can both do my day job and I, that is a luxury. And yeah, but um, I just the commerce of it has ruined it for me. Not ruined it, but yeah. it, I could feel that it was ruining it for me. So it bit, it bit like a bad taste in your mouth. That's kind of how I say it. Yeah. Um, I just came across a lot of like some amazing people and just some things that were like you said it kind of sucked my soul out of it some people that didn't fall through some people that just ghost me some lady yeah. was just very rude she was like that's not what i wanted it's not what i was thinking i was like you know what that piece. Yeah. bye yeah. and i i think after her that experience was just like and she really stressed me out and i put together this beautiful piece and it was only like, you know, just a tiny little canvas. But to me, it was like, oh, but I stopped. And it was like, you know, I'm not, I'm glad I got to experience that because my dream right. was to be a professional artist. Like as a kid, I was like, oh, I'd love to sell my art. I'd love if anybody would want my art. So that was my dream. So the fact that my dream came true, yeah, I don't need to push it. I'm right. good. Right. Yeah. I've experienced my dream. And a lot of people are like, oh, you should get online, open up Etsy. What are you going to do now? Open up a, a website. And I'm like, like I'm just going to enjoy my life and be happy and do it for me. That's yeah. Seems... Like, you know, what's that the, the crazy great, thing that to some people? That is I would real... rather put yeah. the, I would rather do the art or just honestly, just, and a lot of times I will sit in my room and just stare at my walls. And I'm like, how did I do it? How did I create that? How did I have the time, right. first of all, to do that? Um, raising two boys is, is a lot of work. You don't have much time to yourself, but it honestly brings me and I can feel it right now. just talking about it. Like it just, it, it just, it's, it leaves me speechless. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's awesome. It's, it's, so it's I, I appreciate I'd it. Rather I rather do it for me Yeah, and, and I will, I will keep on doing it. Yeah. I, I, like you said, um, about your hand hurting, I did take a break from doing art. And my son actually asked me, he's like, are you ever going to do art again? And those words just crushed me. And I was like, again, am I ever going to do art again? And it yeah. was like, and I you're, changed You're it. just, yeah. You're almost like, you're almost like, I didn't realize that I'd visually stopped. Cause I think as yeah. artists, you feel like you're an artist, but then sometimes you'll stop making art and you have to be reminded that it's like, oh yeah, wait a minute. I gotta, I have to actually. Wait a minute. Yeah. I honestly questioned myself and I don't know if you do this, but are All you an artist if you make art or if you've done art? So if I'm making yeah. art, yeah, I'm an artist. But are you an Once artist you stop, because you've yeah. already previously made art? You're always an artist. Or now you're no longer an artist. <laughs> I mean, are you, are you a dentist? You're still a dentist when you stop practicing. I guess yeah. so they wow. you know, I, that's a bad thing because you probably need a license. No, that. that was a great way to put that because honestly, like I said, that was a great way to put that perspective because it was like, duh, you're not going to stop doing. Because I used to question myself a lot, and it was it would I would 
it would be really hard for me. I'm like, and sometimes I look around, I'm like, is this it? And right before my birthday, I did a canvas and I woke up one morning, like two, three weeks ago. And I was like, when's the last time you actually did it? And within three days, I busted out a massive canvas that was like the size of me. Um, it's on my Instagram, but I was just like, I still got it. Like, even though I might take time off because my life is busy, but, and that's when I watched Labyrinth and I don't, I didn't look up not once, but in my head, I watched the whole movie in my head, listening to it on my TV. And I I loved it. That time off is really periods of growth too. Cause you need to sometimes like, like almost like when you're in the shower and you get your best ideas, sometimes you just need to, to that time off to, to kind of figure out what's next, you know? I used to always have my art out, my Sharpies everywhere. And sometimes I I miss that. So sometimes like, as I was doing this canvas, I was finishing it quicker than I thought. And I was like, I don't want to be done because I love the in-between just having a piece that I'm working on. That's already been like, I made a dent into it. It's already got something. I love that in-between because it just feels like I don't know. It's like, it's like Christmas, your presents are coming like, yay! Yes. I get to sit on something. Something is here. And then when it's done, it gets to go on the wall, but then it's like, well, now I don't have anything on my bed. I don't have yeah. it with me. It's a weird, it's a weird I know feeling. What you're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, I like the in-between, but I love finishing. But now, now that I finished that piece, I'm like, okay, don't stop because that was a really good piece I did. And Sometimes yeah. a lot of my pieces will set up for the next piece. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's all part of the growth of it. You know, it's, um, does that happen to you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. If everything just dovetails in the next, I mean, I try to have lists of everything I need to get done. Like the amount of things I thought I was going to get done artistically this week was insane. It was like, write a song, mix another song I had, finish this logo, like um, edit you down do this other video too. I'm working on. Yeah. Cause I'm working you on, are, I now. think, by far I just so busy with art and creativity and music like sometimes you are my inspiration because it's like wow you and when you did that one year you did a sketch every day for a year I mean that was just incredible so sometimes I look at you and I'm just like hey I'm like you got it (laughs) I have people like that too it's funny I do that a lot with fitness where there used to be someone in particular I used to work with and she was always had a great attitude she had a couple kids and she, oh, I, she always worked out before work. And I remember waking up going, if she can do it, then I can do it. And it's like, yeah. it's, it's good to have people like that where you're just like yeah. a, a reminder that like, when you're feeling tired, it doesn't take long before the muscles come back, you know? Yeah. And that there's other people out there that are enjoying the same joy that you do just in a different form. Yeah. Like looking at your background, it's just awesome. Like, but you, that gives me inspiration because there's people like you out there, like me, people like me, people like you out there that are just loving art, loving creativity and just enjoying them. And I, I really, I'm a loner. I don't have many friends. I have my, I have my family, but I really don't have any friends outside, (laughs) Uh, but I'm okay with that. But I would love to find more people that are creative and artistic, like, like you and just kind of able to appreciate things like that and not just so where's your next smartphone you know hikes are boring and why would you ever want to doodle 
that's one of the reasons I do this. I wanted to, I wanted to do this podcast too, is it's like, you know, it, it, it it's, it's trying to engage me more with people like that. So I get to have more yeah. of these conversations. And it's also, that means my girlfriend has to have less conversations with me about nerdy stuff. I get it out without having to like, you know, dra- drag everybody else who's not into it. And it's just, it's, it's an outlet for me. And um, I know, I don't know when I would have watched Labyrinth again either. And, but it, I'm so glad that I did. I've been thinking about yeah, making a puppet awesome. for a while anyway, as part of a music video. And now I really am thinking about that even more, but um, yeah, it's, it something gives you a lot of weird ideas. Yeah, and I, we probably we, should wrap my, this. Yeah. My boys were always doing, you know, the rocks with the hands, like when they do hand yes. things. Like, how do you yeah. feel? So sometimes we'll we'll do we'll do dorky stuff, and I like that stuff because it's it allows you just to not be like just normal. Like I know right. I keep saying normal, but just your everyday normal Joe, nine to five. Just right. change it up. Do something right. weird. Right. Be we have the, we have this luxury of living in a time where you can be yourself. So why why would you yeah. choose not to be? You know, so. that that's you know, it's funny. You said something that earlier that just shook me a little bit. I was thinking about something. You talked about how you don't want your scars to totally go away. Um, because it's still important you see them. And so I I have an in another room there's a bookcase where there's a framed picture of me in like my second grade baseball outfit. And right in front of it is like a baseball card from third grade. And I look like the biggest dork. I was terrible. I got hit by a pitch more than anything. And I have this, I have like sports trauma from when I was a kid. And it's like those pictures are super embarrassing to me, but I keep them out. I think the same reasons that you just said about the importance of having your scar and like importance of not covering it up completely. And it's that it's to me, life. yeah, it's, it's like, and and for can, you. And I mean that for you, it's a part of your life. I mean, it might've been hard, but why cover up a part of your life? Yeah. And it's like being not scared to look at it to me, I think is means something. It means this was yeah. something I would have been scared to look at before. And now I'm not now it's, it, it doesn't have the power over me. It once did. You know. yeah exactly so, so thank you for that i appreciate you helping me make that connection because oh, i've had course. them out for a while and i don't really i don't really know why i think maybe i thought because people came in would find it funny but um and some of them do but some yeah and i do too to some degree because you know we're all ridiculous like you know when we're kids but you have uh, to kind of get over what people think a lot i had a lot of times hard times because a lot of people would look at my scars but they would never say a word. They would look at them and then look at me and just look away. And that I will never forget all those eyes just looking at my leg. And, you know, every summer comes and you wear shorts and, you know, I, I, for a long time would wear shorts, obviously. And there was, there was, there was my scars and it just, it just, it always just made me so upset. And it was just like, God, stop looking at them. But then it was just like, it was almost like I couldn't look at them either. They're looking at them, but I'm not looking at them. So why are you looking at them? And that kind of like messed with my brain. Like, I don't, I don't care about it. Like I'm letting them go. So just deal yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. And it really, it just kind of really put my head in a perspective that it's, I need to look at them. I need to accept what it is and go through it. And, and when I went through, and when I went through therapy, I didn't have any tattoos. I didn't have any tattoos during my therapy session for two years. And I think that was good, you know, because I was able just to be in my own skin. Yeah, I found with therapy a lot um, for me. I'm not in therapy now, but I've done it off and on in my life that I sort of have this relationship with therapy where I go to therapy almost to study. And then when I'm done 
then I'll go for maybe a year. Then when I'm done, that's when the work kind of begins. It's, it's always been hard for me to do the work while I'm in therapy. I almost have yeah, to do the therapy too. and then graduate from the therapy and then apply the work. Because yeah. without without stopping going for me, I feel like I don't get out of the cycles. And that's always been the path. And, and I, I feel think- like it. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Sorry to interrupt. I no. feel like during COVID, because we could go to therapy, that's my therapy got stopped. But that's when I really started applying it. But that's when I was really having like everything really hit really hard. Um, I think it was a year before COVID is when I relapsed. But like you said, like during therapy, I got all this information. I understood what was going on. I was able to talk, but then it, it made more sense later. Yeah. So, and so during COVID- I'm not in therapy now and I still think I should go, but part of me is like, I'm, I've just got to go through it. I think being in therapy is sort of like we were saying about being an artist or once you've been in therapy, even if you're not doing it anymore, you're still in therapy. I think it, there's oh, the, yeah, I think it's, it's similar to what you said about well, even if you're done being doing art, you're still an artist, you know? Yeah. And I, I like how you said that. I'm not actually going to a therapist. I don't have one, but every day is therapy for me. Every day is my recovery. And yeah. I, I have to treat it like that because having an addiction for over 15 years and a only being you know 36 it's half of your life almost 20 years um it is 20 years I say 15 but when I relapsed I I got to 20 years because I had to add those years in and that that was hard but I I have to accept it and I have and I say that like I almost haven't but it's I have to accept that it's a part of my life forever yeah so yeah I mean relapse is part of it too you know, it's, it happens sometimes and it's just, it's more about tomorrow than it is yesterday. Yeah. But so. Yeah. It's funny for but, me with, um, with COVID, I, what I ended up finding out was that, um, I'm an empath and I didn't realize how much of my life I'd been sucking up other people's energy and that I would basically be carrying around other people's feelings and like oh, that yeah. I, and like, and I feel them as my own. And then once there was no one else there and it was like, I was like, oh my God, I feel like a normal, like I felt like I was myself for the first time in yeah, years. Yeah, I know what you mean. You weren't carrying all their stuff. Right. And now I I'm a lot a more. I had a group of friends for a while and I felt like it was like all of their stuff, this stuff, their family issues, their marriage. And it was like, when all of them were gone, it was like, now I actually get to just have my stuff. Right. I, I remember do my stuff. I had um I had someone who worked in an office next to me years ago who a, part of his job was he dealt with like our cell phone account for the company and I listened to him. I probably chalked up probably a hundred hours over the course of my time sitting there listening to him have these loud conversations with like Verizon or whoever. And I'm like, this is just this is in my brain now for the rest of my life. It's like this is this is like, and. I don't need to be carrying, even though that's a small thing, I don't need to be carrying around someone else's angry, self angry horizon forever. And like, and for me, I sort of would, it would add to my stress in these little ways. So now what I'm a lot more cognizant now is not just of the stuff I'm taking in is what I'm giving out that it's like, if it used to be that if some, if a friend would give me bad news, like maybe like there's something happened to their pet or something, I would hang up the phone and probably tell my girlfriend that. And I'm now, I think I've become more cognizant. I'm like, well, I absorbed this because this person is my friend. Um, they're not really my girlfriend's friend. Do I need to, do I need to pass this on? And I, I'm, I'm a lot more cautious of, of how other people may just, how my, the energy I'm giving off as well. I sound like a real new age person here at this point, but 
This is about as new age as I get. But yeah. So yeah. I have to say, hey, congrats on, you know, your girlfriend. I know that's kind of word. I've known you for a little bit. So it's nice to hear that you have a girlfriend. Yes. I know that's kind of personal, but. No, no, it's cool. We've been together now, um, kind of off and on for three years, more on for a while. But yeah, she just moved in with her two cats. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks. Yeah. So. You have a big house, I remember. So it must be nice to have somebody there. More, yeah, more, it helps. More animals. Yeah, it definitely helps fill the place up, and it's it's nice. So I appreciate That's good. it. But anything else you want to touch on while we're still here? No. Um. This was awesome. And going like saying that you know I'm a loner. I don't really talk to most people. This was really really awesome. I was really nervous in the beginning because I didn't know. I don't. I don't really talk to people about my art. It's really just a me, myself, and I thing. Um, so to really expand on um, just me and where it comes from, labyrinths, my, you know, my struggles, um, I really appreciate you reaching out and just um, talking to me. It really, it makes me want to now kind of venture out and actually start trying to like maybe talk to more people or being okay talking to other people about my mental health because Part of me is like, I really want to go to groups. I love talking to people about mental health. It's, um, it's something that I've just always enjoyed. I don't, I think, cause I've always struggled with it. I've I'm okay talking about it, but talking to somebody that understands it is just amazing. Well, I'm always here. Um, Reaching out. And we can have you on again too. Cause I think this is a great conversation. Like I, I think we touched on some really great things that don't get said, you know, a lot yeah. in front of other people. And I'd love to have yeah, you on again. I would again love to do this more. again. Yeah. And part of, you know, like I, you know, I would love to reach out. And if I don't, it's not because of you. It's just kind of me always kind of going back to my little cage. Right. And I was right. telling my mom like, Hey, guess what? I have a broad today but I was like it's out of my comfort zone so it's different but part of me I kind of just need to get that just push me out but then I'll be okay right. and part of me is like working on that like because I get stuck in my this is this is my life this is all that goes in it and if it's out here I, I just don't know about it um right and but, if you're that it's like this that's a good thing too that if you're 30 and 36 and now resisting yeah. that like you think of some people we know that are on other generations that there's they have not left their comfort zone since yeah. like cheers was on tv and like that is something that i think this gener like our sort of generation really the the ability to learn unlearn and relearn is so important to, to people our age and i think yes. being able to push yourself out of your comfort zone i think is really helps you in the long run i think it helps yeah. you emotionally and mentally and probably helps you know your cognitive stuff in the long run too you know I've been going out. Um, I'm divorced, but I've been going out to like plays and the ballet and different ballet. things. But I'm always just just me, just plus one. Um, not plus one, just one. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I'll get looks like, oh, she's by herself. And a lot of times, and there's a lot of things I go to. It's always couples, 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 couples. Right. But it's like part of me is like I have to do it. I I don't want to. It's sad that yeah, I don't have somebody to have this with me experience, but I want to experience what is being shown you know I don't I don't need to experience it with somebody but part of me is like I have to get out there and see it and yeah it is just me but that's kind of something I've pushed on myself so doing that versus this experience like it just I have it makes me just want to try this a little bit more <laughs> the other thing too is the one the one person you may meet um at one of those things is better than the 10 people you would have met at a bar 
you know, oh, it's yeah. like so it's like even if you even like someday you just might meet some of the most interesting person, either romantically or friendship. It's like that's it's like I, that's one thing I found is putting myself in positions where I'm around more people like myself is a huge thing is like and I don't really yeah. I, I can't believe it took me this long in my life to figure that out. You know, I was too busy yeah. trying to put a square peg into a round hole. And I'm just like part of it is being able to work from home is now I'm like I get to be myself all the time. Like this is where yeah. I, I work from the same room. I wear these same clothes, but I do blur out the background when I'm on a work call. But uh, it's you but know to have somebody to experience that too and know it. I love yeah. classical music and a lot of people don't. So when I go out to places and I see people like enjoying the piano, enjoying classical music, I'm like, yes, like yeah. that makes me feel good because you like that. And yeah. I growing up, I just, and not with my family, just, and my, my family does not like classical music. <laughs> um, It's, but yeah, it's just nice. So to wrap, to wrap what you set up, I just, I really appreciate you reaching out. And I think this was just awesome. And it's really it's just warmed my heart. So yeah, me too. It's funny. <laughs> so, I was trying to think of guests and I was laying in bed one night and I was just thinking about how your art and I'm like, she started putting that in her body. I'm like, there's gotta be some good story there. And that's when I reached out. I was like, I didn't know exactly what it was, but I'm like, there has to be something there. So I'm, I'm glad this was a great conversation. So I'm so happy. Yeah. You agreed to it. Just to so, top that off my vision. I've always pictured as I'm drawing on the walls and then a paper comes I've drawn on the paper and then it's, oh, look, I've drawn on myself. <laughs> but then I keep drawing on paper and a canvas and the walls. So I tend to just, and I always visualize that. So, yeah. so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Well, um, hang on the line, but I'm going to sign off right now. Thank you so much. Okay, for thank joining you so us, much. Renee. All right. Talk to you later.